Well, I feel like we could just drop the ball right now, say Happy New Year, and call it a day. Thank you, Tommy. Uh, as I get older, y'all are probably a lot like me. I go to bed around 10.30. I set the clocks ahead to make it look like it's midnight and call it a day at our house on New Year's. Uh, my name is Jeff. I'm the children and family pastor here at Lake Hills Church. I know a lot of our kids are in here today. If you are a kid uh, in LHC Kids, will you raise your hand for me? Just say hi. I see all of you guys. Hi, Mr. Justin. Hi, Miss Sage. Hi, guys. All right, kids, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to pray for me over the next hour and 10 minutes while I preach. Just kidding. It's only gonna be like one Paw Patrol show length. So if you can make it through one Paw Patrol, you can make it through today, all right? Um, but I need you to pray for me that this cedar allergy just kinda stays away from Pastor Jeffrey while he's preaching today because it is, it is hitting me like a vengeance this week. And moms and dads, uh, if you could pray that the word of God, uh, that God's truth, the Holy Spirit speaks through me to your heart today. Um, that's what I'm gonna ask you guys to be praying for throughout this service. Uh, how many of you are packed up, Christmas is away, and your house is done, ready to go for 2019? Yes. Yes, I dropped my mom off at the airport yesterday at 10. She'd been with us for Christmas. And ran a few errands, came by here, and got home around 12.30. And I walked in. Our house was gone my wife is like a machine when it comes to packing up Christmas. I mean, it was beautiful. There was Christmas music playing on the Sonos when I left. And I walked in and it was like, forget it, it's time for the beach. All right? It's all packed up and cleared up. That's kind of what I love about Christmas coming right before New Year's. Uh, you get one big chance to put everything up, to remember, to reflect, and then you pack it all away and you prepare for a new year. It all goes back into the closets. It goes back into storage. It goes back into the garage. If you're like my house, sometimes just open up a drawer and like shove that stuff in there when I'm involved with it, not my wife, of course. And, and get ready for a brand new year. Well, that's kind of what also today is for, for us, the 30th of December, 2018, getting ready for 2019. Uh, we're able to put a big bow, pack everything up, from 2018 and get ready for a fresh, brand new year, 2019. So weird to say, I feel like I should be saying it's 2018, but 2018's already over. We are gonna dive right into God's word this morning. We're gonna be in Luke chapter 10. Boys and girls, I need your help. I need your help with me, all right. Boys and girls, if you don't have your Bibles with you, hold out your imaginary Bibles. All right, we're gonna do what we do every week in LHC Kids. We know that God's word is true. That's right. And God's word is divided into two parts, right? We have the Old Testament that happened way before Jesus was born. And we have the, the New Testament. That's right. The New tells us, Testament tells us about when Jesus was born and life after Jesus lived. And today we're going to be in Luke chapter 10. Luke is the fourth book of the New Testament. That's right, my daughter is paying attention and can count, so I'm grateful for that. We're in the fourth book of the New Testament. Kids, if you have your devices, you can log on to your Bible app for kids. It starts with an L, L-U-K-E, Luke. Moms and dads, you can flip to your table of contents, or you can just type in Luke in your Bible app as well. Um, but I'm gonna read to you from Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 25. 
hang with me because we're going to read a lot of scripture this morning. All right. Um, Luke chapter 10, verse 25. One day, an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, well, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? Then he answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul, all your strength and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied with a story. Okay, boys and girls, help me out with this. Um, we're going to read a story from the New Testament that Jesus told. And we're going to maybe teach some of your parents a new word that we've been learning at LHC Kids. All right. Does anybody know what we call a story that Jesus tells from the New Testament? I heard it. Someone said it. A parable. That's right. Okay. How do we remember what a parable is? A parable. So we have uh, one shoe is called a shoe, right? But what are two shoes called? A pear, that's right. And then what do we call a male cow? A bull, that's right. And you put a pair of shoes and a bull together and you get a? A parable, that's right. We are gonna learn about one of Jesus's parables. It's a story Jesus tells from the New Testament to help scripture make sense. All right, he says, a Jewish man, we're in verse 30, a Jewish man was traveling up on a trip from Jerusalem to Jericho and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. Not a good day for this guy. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant, or a Levite, walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed on the other side. Then, check this out, there's a, one key word here I really want you to latch on to, moms and dads and boys and girls. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. I love that scripture includes he was a despised man. Because we hear the story, the good Samaritan, all right? And we think like, oh, we, we even use it today, don't we? Oh, they were a good Samaritan. They helped the lady cross the road, or they were a good Samaritan. They stopped when someone needed trouble. What's really interesting to me is that when you look at the different uh, geographical locations of the groups of people in, the, in, the, in Scripture, in the Bible, um, you look at the Samaritans and you look at um, the different groups of people, they didn't all get along. They weren't all best friends. They probably felt a lot like the Middle East does right now when this group of people, this people group is mad at this people group and they're fighting against each other. There was a lot of that going on. And so it's interesting that scripture says a despised Samaritan. So it was somebody that was already given the description of being despised, all right? He wasn't someone who was highly regarded. He wasn't somebody of a chosen people group that was known for helping others. It says he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan smoothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them up. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. So interesting that he also went to an inn. Kind of like Jesus, maybe. Um, the next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins. 
telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I will pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits? Jesus asked that question. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, and go do the same. 2019, we have the opportunity to say yes to God, to love other people more. Last year on this same weekend, um, I had the privilege of preaching as well, and we talked about putting your yes on the table, and we talked about Jonah and the whale, and we talked about how Jonah modeled for us and demonstrated what it looks like for us to say yes to a following God wherever he leads us. That what it looks like to say, yes, God, no matter what, no matter what comes out this year, I'm gonna follow you and obey your word. Well, today, guess what? We have an opportunity to put our yes on the table for 2019. And of course, I'm not saying, we're gonna, still gonna say, yes, God, we'll go wherever you go. Uh, but today, we're gonna make the commitment to put our yes on the table to love people more than we ever have before. I want 2019 to be the year where you are recorded, where it's written down that you loved people more than you have any other year of your life. We're gonna take Jesus's example, the story he told us. Like it was that important, it was important enough for Jesus to tell us this story of what it looks like and feels like to love people. And I believe if we all learn to love each other, I mean, really love each other, not just, oh, I love you, love you, friend, or the awkward man texts, bad guy texts back and forth, love you, bro, love you, dude, like you're scared to say love you, you always have to put the yeah, Y-A, love you, so it doesn't feel uncomfortable. I'm not talking about like that kind of like, hey, we're gonna love one another. I want us to commit to genuinely taking care of each other, to loving each other, to modeling what scripture looked like. I can imagine what, because I'm a kid's pastor, and so I have to like simplify things and break things down in my head uh, to a level where a, a kindergartner and a four-year-old can understand things. And I'm, I, I picture in my head what, if there were a conversation between God and Jesus before Jesus came to earth, I'm trying to imagine what that conversation would sound like. Uh, it'd probably sound like, hey, son, uh, I need you to, to go down there, and I need you to give everything you have for these people. And I can imagine Jesus turning and saying, yeah, Dad, sure. And then I can imagine God looking to Jesus and saying, hey, but uh, guess what? Uh, these people really don't know what love looks like. So I'm gonna need you to show them what it looks like to love other people. And Jesus turning and saying, yes, Dad, sure, that sounds great. Oh, and then at the end of it, Jesus, hey, FYI, your picture's not gonna end up on Instagram of people recognizing you and saying thank you for everything you did. 
Uh, they're not gonna call you up on stage and hand you a uh, love person of the year award or a salesman of the year award. Um, they're actually gonna despise you. And Jesus turning to God saying, yeah, dad, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. And then now I kind of picture like where we are standing at 2019 with 2018 behind us. And Jesus, or God standing to us saying, uh, hey guys, uh, hey, we got a whole brand new year in front of us. Uh, there's a ton of people walking around Austin and Bee Cave and Lakeway uh, that don't know what love looks like. Hey, would you be willing to demonstrate and show what Jesus' love looks like to other people? I would hope we would all say, yeah, Dad, sure, we can do that. And oh, hey, at the end of the day, you may not get credit or recognition for loving people in downtown Austin. You may not uh, get your picture posted on Instagram for doing a great job. Will you still do it anyway? You may not, uh, you may not get anybody noticing you. Will you do it anyway? And I would hope we would all say, oh yeah, Dad, sure, why not? That's easy to do. When, um, you, when you look at this passage of Scripture, I think Jesus is communicating to two different distinct types of people. And I feel like my wife and I represent um, those two <laughs> very different personalities and types of people in the Scripture. Um, I feel like I'm a little more of the uh, Jesus said, hey, go love your neighbor. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> sure, that sounds simple enough. I'll go love my neighbor. Um, but then we have this guy that says, okay, wait, wait, but wait, who's my neighbor? I need some details. I need to know exactly who you're talking about here. How many of you are like the detail-minded, like, I need every detail. I need every piece. My wife is one of those people. My wife is one of those people that I believe like Jesus writes the parables for sometimes to be able to break it down, to explain, to describe it in detail what it looks like. Uh, we have this conversation in our house or I don't know, it, it usually turns into like intense fellowship. That's what we call it. <laughs> just, just some intense fellowship about my storytelling and my lack of details. Because for me, details are important. They really are. But for my wife, that is all she hears. She wants to know what happened at work, what kind of shoes were, were, was Matt, Pastor Mac wearing when he was leading the meeting, and does he hold his pen in his right hand or his left hand? And I don't even pay attention to anything like that. But I love this passage of scripture because it, take, it speaks to the detailed-minded person. He breaks down exactly how we are to love our neighbor, who our neighbor is. And we are to love our neighbor just like we would love ourselves. Um, if you see me on Sunday mornings, if you serve on the greet team, where are my fun greet team people? If you serve on the greet team, Usher, Parker, Greeter, uh, God bless you guys, especially this morning. Uh, today was a beautiful day to be outside greeting people and waving to people. Um, but if you haven't noticed, I'm a little bit of a, a higher energy, back and forth, busy body kind of person. Uh, it takes a lot for me to slow down sometimes. And it's probably like I have like a major fear of missing out. What is it? What are the 
FOMO. Uh, I have the FOMO, whatever that is. Um, but I have a fear of missing out. So I gotta be, feel like I gotta be over here and then I gotta get over here to the nursery to see this person. Then I gotta be upstairs to see that person. And I move a lot. And I gotta take you back to 2000, uh, I think it was 2013. Uh, 2000, yeah, it was 2013. And it was Easter morning. So if you can imagine, that's like the Super Bowl for pastors. All right, Easter is like the day that we prepare for all year. We're, we're prepping and getting ready, and then we open the doors on Easter morning, and it's an opportunity for us to see people in the community. They only come once or twice a year. I'm in love on people who are regulars. And so it's 2013. It's Easter morning. So you can put yourself in my position. I was five years, it was five years ago, so I was five years younger, so I probably moved a little bit faster than uh, we were at a, our previous church. And I remember exactly where I was going and what I was doing. I was going from the kids' area of our building into the worship center because I was doing the offering and the welcome. And I was in a hurry, <laughs> and my phone rings in my pocket. And I was like, oh, don't answer it. You know, it's fine. I was on a headset, so if anybody needed me, walkie-talkie, they could find me that needed me. I mean, my phone quit ringing, and then as I'm passing the cafe, headed in the auditorium, my phone rings again in my pocket. I was like, okay, this must be somebody that really needs me. So I pulled my phone out, and on my phone, it said, Debbie. Debbie, I haven't heard from Debbie in three or four years since that moment. And I'm like, why is Debbie calling me on Easter morning? Let me back up and tell you a little bit about Debbie. Debbie Esposito, I don't know if she's watching. If you're watching online, Debbie, happy new year. Uh, Debbie walked into the first church that Cody and I served at in 2004. Debbie walked through our doors, um, strung out, um, addicted to drugs, uh, both of her parents had passed away. Uh, Debbie had nobody. Debbie had nothing. Uh, Debbie had uh, a terrible drug addiction, a terrible debt. Uh, she just was, Debbie was just a mess in 2004. Debbie walked in the front door of Bridgepoint Church in Woodstock, Georgia. And that morning, uh, we had the opportunity and privilege of praying with Debbie and leading Debbie Esposito to Jesus. Debbie gave her life to Christ. Debbie got clean. Debbie started a job which she had not held down in years. Uh, she climbed the corporate ladder and by 2011, Debbie had moved to the Midwest. Well, I guess this is, the, I don't know, where are we? Geographically, she was in Georgia. All right, it came out where we live right now. So. She was out this way. Uh, Texas, that's where in Texas, thank you. <laughs> Debbie uh, was doing, uh, from all we saw and all we thought and all we heard, Debbie was doing great. Uh, but Easter morning, 2012, when my phone rings and it's Debbie, 2013, excuse me, I was so confused of why Debbie was calling me. So I stopped what I was doing and just picked up the phone and said, hey Debbie, happy Easter. And on the other end of the phone is Debbie Esposito sobbing her eyes out. 
crying. And if you could hear her voice, Debbie doesn't just have a southern accent. Debbie has like, let's see if I can do it. Pastor Jeffrey, Pastor Jeffrey, how are you? I mean, that's like Debbie's accent. I'm probably not doing it justice. Uh, but Debbie's on the other end of the phone, crying her eyes out and telling me that she needs help. She has fallen back into her old lifestyle. She's been in jail and she's homeless on the side of the road in Gainesville, Georgia. She had her phone in her pocket um, that they gave her back after she'd gotten out of jail the day before. Um, she had a bag of stuff that was in the back of a friend's car and she was on the side of the road in Gainesville, Georgia, about 25 miles from where we were, and she needed help. And here I am on Easter morning, Super Bowl Sunday. All right, I can't just say like, hey, Pastor Mac, I gotta go. Um, I know there's another thousand kids coming in the door, um, so, but, but what do I do? Debbie's, Debbie needs my help. I kind of put myself in the picture of the priest with the Good Samaritan that we just quickly brushed off of saying, oh, well, that priest, was, he was too good and he passed them by and he just left that person on the side of the road. But I kind of can relate a little bit to it when you take it at face value of like, man, I'm so busy. I got so much stuff going on. What am I, how can I go help Debbie? What am I supposed to do? And so I made sure on the, I just, when I just stopped, I was like, okay, I'm gonna, they're gonna have to play that song for another 30 seconds, y'all, on stage, because I gotta take care of Debbie. And so I made sure Debbie was safe. I made sure she was, she was sitting outside of a, of a hotel lobby um, on the side of the road, and I said, Debbie, just stay there. I don't know when I can get there, but I'll be there. And so rushed through services, finished services, went and found Debbie uh, sitting on the side of the road. Uh, Cody took the kids home. We have, we, you know, we, Cody knows Debbie, uh, so it, it was an okay situation for me to go get her. And I didn't even recognize her. I, last I saw her, she was climbing the corporate ladder. And I mean, doing amazing. And slipped back into her old lifestyle. And I loaded Debbie up in the car. Um, we went and got some lunch. Uh, I was exhausted from Easter services and just asked Debbie, hey, where, where, where can I take you? Is there a place you can go? And Debbie was like, I, 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 Pastor Jeffrey, I don't, I, don't, I don't have anything. I don't have anywhere to go. So I called Cody and was like, hey, I'm bringing Debbie home. And she's like, no, you're not. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I am. So we did the smart thing. Uh, honestly, between us, we, I, we went through all our bags, uh, checked for everything, because, you know, I'm nervous. I have young kids. We have three kids. I don't even know Journey spoke English at the time. Journey came home in 2011. Uh, wanted to make sure that our family's taken care of, and so we're, we decided to bring Debbie home. And on the way home, Debbie said, can we go to a meeting? And I was like, Okay, I don't know what that means. Where do you want to meet? Like what? No, she wanted to go to an AA meeting. And so I had no clue where an AA meeting was. 
uh, found it online, took Debbie. Debbie picked up uh, her, her chip, her first chip, and in that moment made the commitment to uh, turn her life around. And the next day was Monday. We, you know what? The, the best part was we brought Debbie home. Debbie was in the bathroom taking a shower for the first time in who knows how long. Um, we put Debbie up in, the, in one of the kids' bedrooms, and, <laughs> and Cody comes and was like, hey, let's get the kids, because we, we, we don't know how Debbie's doing. Like, we love Debbie, and we're taking care of Debbie. So we piled up our whole little family in our bedroom, and I remember laying in there praying for Debbie in our guest room. And the next morning, it was Monday morning, and I really hadn't thought through Monday morning. And we're getting up, and I'm like, I'm ready to go to work, and Cody's like, what about Debbie? So <laughs> Monday was bring Debbie to work day. So... <laughs> Loaded Debbie up, we went to work. I had went through the office, found my executive pastor. I'm like, hey, I brought Debbie to work today. And they were like, who's Debbie? I'm like, well, come meet Debbie. Debbie's with us. Debbie's, Debbie went to work with me for three or four days that week. We put Debbie up in a hotel. And Debbie is still collecting her chips. Debbie celebrates today 1,722 days clean and sober. Debbie, if you're listening and watching, we are so proud of what God has done in and through you and how you let God use you. But I tell you that whole long story about Debbie to tell you a little bit more about Debbie. Since then, 1,722 days clean today, Debbie has led over 70 people to Jesus Christ. Debbie has changed eternity for over 70 people personally in the past five years. Debbie picks people up. Debbie picks people up on the side of the road and takes them to meetings. Debbie sits around after meetings and goes and buys people dinner and coffee. Debbie puts her arm around people's shoulders and say, hey, how can I be praying for you? I'm not telling you anything about Debbie's life. Um, about what we did or Easter morning or what we did. But what I'm telling you about Debbie's story is you never know who's on the other side of the road that just needs you to love them the way Jesus wants us to love them. You never know who you're passing by. You never know what phone call you're hitting decline on because you're too busy. Driving down 290, you never know who's sitting right there on the other side of the road just needing someone to love them. Just needing someone to say, hey, come on, let's go. Boys and girls, you never know what your friends are dealing with at home. You never know who that kid's sitting on the other side of the lunch table by themselves. You never know what they need. This year in 2019, I want us to make the commitment as Lake Hills Church, as the body of Christ, to love people the way Jesus asked us to love them. To slow down, to not be so busy, to not be so uh, with our blinders on walking through life that we miss the people on the side of the road. We miss the people 
who need the love the most because you never know what God wants to do in that person's life and how he wants to use you to help them accomplish that. Uh, if, you, if you're on social media, you really need to follow Debbie Esposito, E-S-P-I-S-I-T-O. Uh, Debbie is constantly, constantly posting uh, scripture, encouragement, love, uh, not for Christians, not for the people like us sitting here, but for people who are in their first and second day of sobriety, for people that are in and out of jail, uh, for people who are just needing somebody out there to care for them. And that's Debbie's mission in life. And I hope and pray also that one day somebody can stand up on a stage like this on a Sunday morning and tell your story. Tell your story of the way you went out of your way in 2019 to love other people. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank you for every single person in this room. God, I thank you that uh, we have the opportunity and the, the privilege uh, to gather here at Lake Hills Church. I thank you that uh, our room right now, this auditorium is filled with kids, kindergarten, three and four, five-year-olds, all the way up uh, to, uh, God, in their 80s or 90s. God, and regardless of what age we are in life, we, as a body of Christ, as a church, wanna make a commitment this morning to love people better than we ever have before in 2019. That 2019 for us is gonna be the year that we learned how to love other people. God, I pray that the boys and girls that are listening that have been so patient and so good today, God, I pray that they learn how to love their friends, that they learn how to care for each other, that they learn how to tell other people about you at an early age. So when they're old in their 30s and their 40s, that loving people becomes so natural to them. It's, it's just easy to do. God, I pray for the moms and dads, and the grandmas and the grandpas. I pray for the brothers and sisters that are here. God, I pray that the actions that we demonstrate of love change the world this year. God, I pray that you use people in this room uh, to help lead Debbie Espositos to Christ. God, I pray that you use people in this room to provide food for others, to provide clothing, to provide just a, a hug, and just the simple acts of love. And Father, we pray as 2018 ends and a new year begins, God, we pray that, that we see you do incredible things through us. I know everybody has their eyes closed and their heads bowed still. And boys and girls, you're being so patient.
Uh, but I don't wanna end today's service. I don't wanna end 2018 with the thought that maybe there's somebody just like Debbie in here today who walked through our doors has never experienced the love and compassion and grace from Jesus Christ. That they've never asked Jesus to forgive them of their sins. They've never had a chance to start fresh in life with a relationship with God. If there's anybody in here this morning, anybody within our ear voice, I can hear my voice in the parking lot, in the lobby, backstage. If you're here today and say, hey, you know what? I feel like I'm a Debbie. But I wanna be like the new Debbie that experienced love in Jesus, that experienced grace in Jesus. If you're here today and and are ready to give your life to Jesus. Start something fresh, start something new. Will you just raise your hand up in the air? You can just raise it and put it back down. Just wanna give you an opportunity in this moment to silently ask Jesus to come into your heart, to forgive you of your sin, and to help you start fresh. And Jesus, we thank you for each and every person here today. We thank you for uh, 2018 coming to an end and 2019 beginning fresh. We love you, Jesus. And it's your name we pray, amen.